What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. You are listening to FanDuel Sports Network's FanDuel Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. We are going to recap Super Bowl 54 and all the emotions that came with it, as well as delve into that NBA trade deadline. We are brought to you by Bet Online, and with that, let's get to it. Steph, we got two 49ers fangirls here. But two 49ers fangirls that are okay, let's talk Super Bowl 54. All right, let's do it. It was uh, definitely one of the best Super Bowls that I've seen, I think, in years. So yay for that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it's been the same type of thing. And last year was just kind of really uh, dry, unless you're a a Patriots fan, I guess. But, you know. (laughs) To see two, you know, new blood. It was good to see. I think it was definitely fun. Halftime show was amazing. Um, but yeah, of course, the 49ers ended up um, with the L. And so that was, that was pretty, uh, it was tough, but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay too. But let's, let's talk a little bit about the game. So obviously the 49ers pretty much had it in the bag going into the fourth quarter. But with Patrick Mahomes, a 10-point lead is not a lot, which, of course, we saw when they were down 24 nothing, and then were up at halftime. So we right. saw that things in him can quickly change. And it was interesting because leading up to the point with really basically eight minutes left in the game, he was just off his game. He, we saw an uncharacteristically inaccurate, it seemed somewhat jittery, Patrick Mahomes. He had two interceptions in the second half. He hadn't had two interceptions in a game since 2018 but then things started to take a turn obviously as we know which I think probably the biggest thing that changed the entire game uh, and this is not groundbreaking analysis of course was the third and 15 when he completed that long pass to Tyreek Hill that set up the touchdown and from there you could just kind of see that they were taking control the momentum had absolutely shifted at that point the 49ers had a chance a couple of drives later. Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew Emmanuel Sanders for what, even if it wasn't a touchdown, would have at least gotten him inside the five and, of course, probably would have set up the touchdown. There are a number of things like that you can point to in the game. There was the offensive pass interference penalty on George Kittle uh, in the waning seconds, if you will, of, or I guess the waning minute or so of the first half, which seemed like a ticky-tack call, but they called it, so it is what it is. I know there are a number of non-called holding calls that people are upset about, but as we've talked about many times, you cannot put the game in the hands of the refs. So, you know, that kind of is what it is there. Uh, There's been a lot of discussion uh, about two minutes left in the half with all their timeouts, the 49ers not calling timeout to try to set up a two-minute drill. So I would love your thoughts on that. There are a lot of things that happen in this game, but I do believe when push comes to shove, the Chiefs just played better at the end. And sometimes it's not anybody's fault. <laughs> I right. felt like both teams won as a team and lost as a team. And 
another team plays better and that's who wins the game. And at the end of the day, I do think that's what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to play all four quarters. I think the 49ers played amazing. And yes, um, Patrick Mahomes did not have a very good three first, you know, the three quarters of the game. But at the same time, the 49ers defense was lights out. I mean, Uh they were on him, the pressures, um, Nick Bosa with his pressures and tackles. I mean, I think that he was like on track for MVP if the 49ers had pulled out that win. I mean, that's how good he was. And he was just on top of it. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I just really felt like he was, um, he was just playing lights out. So, you know, not to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes, he's obviously, uh, you know, an amazing player and athlete, but um, the defense really had that Patrick exactly where they wanted him. Now, I think the game changer, like you said, was that three and 15. Um, You know, there's some talk about whether or not uh, there was a hold there. It looks like it, you know, on review. But at the same time, they're not always – I mean, the refs, they're not going to make every single call correctly, like you said. Um, but they still had an opportunity to come back and win it. And I felt like they had, you know, yeah, you know, there were some calls that were either negated or, you know, not, you know, called, no calls. But it just I, – I felt like 49ers still had that opportunity and – that offense just didn't come through. And it's it's disappointing because I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do it before, put the team on his shoulders. And I knew he had the capability to do so, but it just didn't happen for him. So I feel bad for the for the talk that's, you know, kind of coming out like he'll never be able to win a Super Bowl and blah blah blah, because I have seen him do it. It just didn't happen for him on Sunday. No, it did not. And I think that is something worth talking about. There's a lot of talk also. Does Shanahan not trust him? Is that why he didn't call timeout and try to put together a two-minute drill? You know, I think there were times in the game where Shanahan did call a little bit conservatively. And that being said, it's not a criticism because, as we've also talked about many times, I'm not an NFL coach, you're not an NFL coach, and we are not there seeing everything else that's going on on the field. And there's a reason he makes the decision. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that he's lost confidence in him. I don't, I don't think that's the issue. And of course, the other side of that coin is that everyone is also, well, not everyone, many people are also upset because he feel they feel like he abandoned the run late in the game. Well, he, he did not abandon the run, but the passing game was working. So it's that double-edged, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, why did he abandon the run? Like, you can go back and forth on a million things, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs just executed better. Right, uh, and I and, think when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, I oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say on that point um, is that the Chiefs adjusted; they started loading the box against the run. So when that happened, yes. you have to throw the ball. I mean, because they're all coming after you know the run. So you know when it does, and it was working. I mean, yeah, exactly. So I was just like, I think that's. Uh, it's a little bit of a cop out for people to say, yeah, I think there were times when maybe a run play here or there, but you'd have to look at every single play and why he did it. And you don't know 
you know, what's going on or the play calls that he actually did call, you know, or, and a lot of them were options. So Jimmy G had the option. So, you know, the, you can't put it all on him. You can't put it all on Jimmy G. You know, it, it like you said, they lost as a team, you know, and they did well as a team. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, a team's got to lose. And unfortunately, you know, they couldn't, you know, keep that lead and pull it together to come back from it. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's, you know, as big of a story that Shanahan can't win a Super Bowl or anything like that or Garoppolo can't play quarterback. I mean, I think it's just that people are jumping a little bit too fast on that. Yes. And I think, but I think it's worth, let's, I think it's worth talking a little bit more about Jimmy Garoppolo because I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that's anything. I mean, listen, this was not the best eight minutes of football of his career. <laughs> and that's okay. I don't, I don't think that anybody would argue that. I don't, I don't think he would argue that. It was not the best eight minutes of his career. I think there were receivers that were open that he didn't see. But again, there's a lot going on in the field. And I know that's his job, but it, it was not the best eight minutes of his career. But you look at leading up to that. He played great and things changed and that's football. But I also think what people forget is this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first full year as a starter right? coming off a torn ACL injury right? and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Right. And I just think that's worth reiterating because you just, you can't discount that. And they played well and they didn't, in the end, they didn't play as well and they lost the game. But to make it a, in his full first full year as a starter to make it like a condemnation of his ability to win the big game just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's really hard to get to a Super Bowl. So many things have to go right aside from how well you play. So I, I just think that that's worth saying and repeating. And you look at Andy Reid on the Shanahan side of it. Look at Andy Reid, who even without the Super Bowl win, probably would have been a Hall of Fame coach and is considered one of the great coaches in NFL history. And it took him a very long time to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, and then the other, the other narrative that I don't entirely agree with is, of course, everyone says, well, Shanahan has now lost two Super Bowls. I know that he bears a lot of responsibility for that Falcons loss. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he wasn't the head coach in that game. Right. This is his first time being the head coach in a Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator in that game. And like I said, he bears a lot of responsibility and he has not shied away from that discussion in the last couple of weeks, but he was not the head coach in that game. So I think that's worth talking about as well on the chief side, because this isn't just a 49ers podcast, even though the two of us host it, you do have, (laughs) so I think it's worth discussing. You do have Andy Reid, who's been waiting a long time for this. And, you know, like we just discussed, you do have Patrick Mahomes, who's an incredibly special quarterback, who you he is an X factor. And I was on a lot of radio shows last week, and we talked about this in our preview. He's the X factor that you just don't know. He is a special kind of player. And then the other player that I think deserves so much credit is Chris Jones on the interior, who had, I believe, three deflected passes, countless pressures. And especially in those final eight minutes, he I mean, of course, Mahomes is the MVP, but I think Chris Jones had had a chance at looking at being the MVP. He made a huge difference in the game. Yeah. So, there were, you know, you know I think good, that's something. They're a good football Go team. They're a good football team. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. And 
I, you know, I, I, I think it's good. I mean, if you have to lose, you want to lose to the best, I guess, you know, and you know, it, it's interesting because this is how I look at it. The chiefs were really good last year. Um, they, yeah. to me, were going to go to the Super Bowl. Like they were my pick to go um, along with the Saints, but they lost, you know, in the championship, you know. So I guess what I'm, what I think is, is after they lost that, of course, they didn't get to go. They were one game away, but mm-hmm. they made adjustments and they got corners. You know, they, you know, they made adjustments to their game and went back and did it. There's, there's not anything preventing the 49ers who are a very young football team to make those adjustments here and there, make those tweaks and go back. And I know it's hard to do, but it's not something we haven't heard of. Look at the chiefs themselves. So I think that there's definitely a lot of hope there. And, you know, um, that's kind of what the chiefs do. They like playing from under the gun. Like that's what Patrick Mahomes does. Like, you know, that's what you have to be aware of. So that's kind of their game and they did it again. So, Hey, um, you know, good for them. Congratulations. You know, it's a bummer for 49ers fans and the 49ers that I wanted to see get a ring, but you know, you have to give credit where it's due and they played a good game. They did. Absolutely. You had the two best teams in football. You had the two teams that should be in the Super Bowl, and they gave us the game that everybody was hoping for. It was a right. really great football game. So, you know, I, I agree with you. You've got to give credit where credit's due. And I would not be at all surprised if we actually see these two teams back again next year. Both of them Certainly could not. very much end up intact. I mean, the 49ers are going to want to re-sign Eric Armstead. He's a free agent. I would not be surprised if they end up tagging him. Um, Jimmy Ward is a free agent. I think they're going to want to re-sign him as well. He had a spectacular season, um, and they love Jimmy Ward. I don't know that they'll be able to re-sign Emmanuel Sanders, but even if not, you know, they'll they'll do something at wide receiver. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if these two teams are back, and even especially the 49ers, to be honest, because when you look at the NFC field, there really isn't anyone at the moment. Of course, the season has started, hasn't started yet, but when you look at the field uh, and what next year is going to look like, they still were the best team in the NFC by far. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if that continues. So we'll see what happens next year. But of course, congratulations to the Chiefs. It was a well-fought, well-earned victory. Um, I am happy for Andy Reid because yeah. I, I do like him and, and I'm happy he got his Super Bowl. And I am happy for Patrick Mahomes because, you know, Mahomey. And if he was really playing <laughs> against any other team in the NFC, I would have been rooting for the Chiefs. Tyran yeah. um, yeah. Mathieu, like that was like um... – I was happy for him. I mean, he came yes. he came through a lot. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, and I kind of was telling you this before, I don't know if it's the maturity in my life. <laughs> I'm going to say maturity. I'm not going to say I'm old. <laughs> but it's <laughs> totally a different, I have just a different viewpoint. I don't know if I'm able to compartmentalize it because 2013 like killed me. I thought like my world was like over, you know, right. And as much as I love the 49ers, and I was really bummed about it, um, you know, the beat goes on, you know, it's like, well, next season, you know, that's kind of what fandom's about. And, you know, I think it's going to even be sweeter when they do win it. So I guess, uh, you know, I was okay with it. And I was happy for the kids. I like, you know, Mahomes, and I was happy for all those, you know, the the people that we see, you know, that, you know, you, you can't be like, 
that big of a stick in the mud. You know, you have to be a good sport. I agree. And I I felt the same way. I felt they had a great season. Um, You know, it was hard to be in the locker room after. It was a very somber locker room, understandably so. Especially, you know, Joe Staley, who has been playing a long time and really, I think, has now been a part of two almost Super Bowl victories. But someone has to win. Yeah, he played a really did. good game. Yes, he did. Yes, he allowed he did. zero pressures, which that's crazy to me. So, yeah, I mean, no, it's he incredible. He played, he played a great game. But unfortunately, someone has to win and someone has to lose. Uh, or fortunately, someone has to win. Unfortunately, someone has to lose. So yeah. congratulations to the Chiefs. And with that, we are going to talk a little NBA trade deadline. But first, we are going to take a second to hear from our sponsor. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Missed your chance to bet on the Chiefs Niners? Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When signed up, it's super easy, and if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. All right, Steph. So the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday. Talk to me a little bit about what the big stories are. Well, what are the, you know, obviously, you know, the Lakers went back to work this week. Um, Obviously they were rocked by the passing of Kobe Bryant. And they're definitely, there's talk in it that they're making some, um, moves to try to you know secure their championship they're definitely in first place um they just don't really have they have a kind of like a salary cap problem there's interest in getting Mm -hmm. kuzma traded away you know to other teams okay and um there was talk that andre Iguodala would maybe because he's like definitely a really good swing man he has the experience he's um you know he can score that was like some of the rumor there, but at the, on the other end of speaking of it, Andre Iguodala, um, he was, I guess, has told Memphis um, Grizzlies that if he's not traded, he's going to sit out the rest of the season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, there's been some kind of like, well, he's not uh, really, you know, providing to his contract, but he wants the trade. Um, he has three rings, um, you know, he doesn't want to play there. So who knows where he, but I guess he gave a few, a few names that he wants to be traded to. And we'll see what Memphis decides to do with that. Um, the other one is the Clippers. They are definitely in the running. Um, but you know, they're, they really need a center and they, it's going to, it's, there's not really one available. So we'll see what happens there. There was some talk about the Kings, uh, Dwayne Dedman, and also they were looking at Kevin Love too. So we'll see if that even comes to fruition, but that kind of subsided. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, and then of course, you know, you have, as always, you have like the Sixers, you have, um, the Jazz, the Pistons now are in it. Like, uh, Minnesota is, uh, you know, kind of like they, they want to buy, they're talking about D'Angelo Russell going there from the Warriors. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the late, probably Wednesday, Thursday. So, and then, sorry if I, if you said this, I missed this, but did you mention Tristan Thompson? Isn't he, is he a little bit on the trading block as yeah, well I mean, from the Cavs? I think everybody's like talking and especially, you know, you know, Cleveland is, you know, there, a lot of people are buying and a lot of people are selling right now. So, <laughs> so like either way, like a proper trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just depends. Like they have, I think everybody's like kind of up for grabs unless, uh, especially those types of players that um, if they feel like they get what they want out of it, then there's, and if there's a fairly significant like um, rebuilding process happening, I think everybody's on the table. Okay. Um, interesting. I think on the Ego Dollar thing, and I'll just say this quickly, I think the idea that he would sit the rest of the season, I, that's not always my favorite thing to hear. I understand he has three rings and he doesn't, necessarily need to play anymore but he's on the team and he signed the contract I don't think it's the best look uh my feeling is he probably will be traded because it's would be it is not the best look (laughs) so he probably will end up being traded but still I just think it's like not not great but kind of is what it is on that uh so we'll keep a close eye on that we'll continue to talk NBA next week as a reminder now that football season is o- over, I want to remind everybody that at Fangirl Sports Network, we do have a fangirl for every NBA team, and you can find her by putting in Team FGSN. For instance, Steph, our Warriors fangirl, is Warriors FGSN, Lakers, Lakers FGSN, and so on and so forth. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network, and then you can be led to all of your favorite fangirls. So just wanted to, excuse me, just wanted to throw that in there. And with that, it will bring us to Fangirl Says, who's hot and who is not. So Steph, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll have you go first this time. Okay. My who's hot are J-Lo and Shakira for giving us such an incredible halftime show. It was entertaining. It was so much fun. They were incredible. They look absolutely amazing. J-Lo is 50 and Shakira is 43 years old. So I just want to give them kudos for that. Yeah. But they also, were, they also performed amazing. Everything about the halftime show was absolutely incredible. So I'm going to give them the who's hot and I'm going to say my who's not, and don't get mad at me, guys, are, are the 49ers fans that think Shanahan should be fired and Jimmy Garoppolo should be traded. Everybody needs to calm down. <laughs> I think that is all a little ridiculous. So there is my who's not. But my who's hot, I just think worth repeating, J-Lo and Shakira. Halftime show was next level. Yeah, definitely. I, I loved it. I love the ethnic you know, identities that they brought forth. I love the Latina, the, you know, I know Shakira is half Lebanese. Like I loved everything about it. I thought it was great. And um, I I was proud of them and think they're incredible athletes. And I, when I heard their images, I was just like, wow. I mean, that's amazing. So 
Yeah, they were awesome. Um, I'm glad you said that. they are incredible athletes. They 100% are. I think I'm so glad you said that. I mean, I, I'm like, I know everyone was kind of, well, I'll, I'll include that in my who's not. Um, but okay. Um, I, you know, my who's hot is definitely going to be um, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they did everything right. Um, and they never wavered. They made adjustments. I think they just did everything right this season. And I think they fully deserve that, you know, that Lombardi trophy. So they're definitely my who's hot. Uh, my who's not were the critic, the critics of Shakira and JLo. I just couldn't believe that because, you know, I know she did the tongue thing, but it was something that was, that's done in her culture, you know, to, you know, signify like excitement and having fun. And I thought, you know, you know, I think people need to just widen out a little bit and, and relax about the stripper pool. Cause that's hard to do. Like, there's no way I could stay. I was hard performing. It, it was. I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with it, and I felt like you know, just because you know, I don't know. It's just like in a in a game that is so sexualized anyway. With cheerleaders, they were they were wearing as much or more than what cheerleaders wear. So I felt like um, I just thought it was a little petty um, to go after them. So there might. So those critics of them are my who's not hot. All right. I like it. And with that, we are going to say goodbye for today. We'll be back next week and we will talk through all of those NBA trades that happen. And of course, talk a little bit about the upcoming all-star game and everything in between. Thank you very much, Steph. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye all. Bye.